Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. In the spirit of the supernatural thriller season that it is, tra-la-la-la-la, I asked members of the Let the Right One In company about their beginnings in theatre, what scares them, and if there was a winter's night story, scene or song they'd like to share around the hearth of the Abbey Theatre fireplace. And there was. What follows is a series of mini-podcast bites that won't ruin your appetite. Enjoy these podcasts. My name is Katie Honan and I play Eli. So she moves to this town, this unnamed town, and she's not your regular girl. She is otherworldly. Uh, she's older than she looks. Uh, we talk about in the play, she talks about I'm not that. So I tend to not use the V word in relation to Eli. <laughs> very complex, not human. So as an actor, uh, a very interesting and challenging task and exciting task play her. I, I, de- I decided not to watch either of the films but I did read the book and after reading the play in the book in Italy uh, before I auditioned I was kind of like is this a story about just survival? Her finding somebody who can feed her and, and I was thinking is that what this is or is it really a love story and I think that when it boils down to it it is a love story that is how you have to see it or how I felt that I was like that is the core of our story and let the right one in is a love story uh, and that I don't think that Eli has met anyone like Oscar before. Uh, I think uh, all the way through rehearsals, I was like, why is she, you know, why, why him? Why is she so drawn to him? And what makes him different to when she began her relationship with the can? Because I believe that that was also a love story in its own right. And I just think in this town that is a bit grey, I think, um, I think a lot of the characters are kind of uh, wanting to kind of take something from other people in the play and serve themselves in ways. Whereas I think that there is a fundamental goodness within Oscar that he almost, that almost shines from him. And I think that that's what she sees. Um, You know, she says that she's seen him out the window uh, but when she, in, in their first meeting, she says, you know, I, I've seen you out the way before. I think she's seen him. I think she's been watching him. And I think that she sees something illuminating from him that she's not seen in other people. And I think that that idea of the infinite heartbreak, as, as an actor, you're thinking that's like a huge thought to think about that, that infinite heartbreak. But then when you're actually doing the play, it's, you just have to focus on Oscar in the present and moment to moment of what we view or, or what is in the play when it happens. Kind of in playing it, I, I try to play really from moment to moment of the excitement of this new thing, this new love, this new experience that she has with Oscar. Because her arc is so wide and I've thought about it loads. Um, it's been an interesting thing to play her from, and now kind of nearing the end, at the beginning, like when auditioning, I was like, how would you? Because with a human that you play you kind of think okay what are connections between me and them what are what are differences between me and them uh how you know their reactions to things their impulses to things and you try to kind of figure all of that out human to human me human to the character uh but she's not human you know if you felt an emotion and you might fling your arm in a gesture because that's a, but she's not human 
So I was like, how, you know, how would she sit and how would she do this? And how would she? so it just has been really exciting, interesting, all of the above to try and figure out exactly what that is. Yeah, so the physicality in it, obviously, um, I knew from even the brief for audition and then uh, through auditioning would be a big part of it. And I love that. I love working in that way. I did so much movement in the Lear where I trained. Um, it was one of my favourite things. Uh, so I just come off the back of doing a show in the theatre festival, which was also um, physical um and so I was kind of like, oh, one going into the other because we finished on a Sunday and started this off the Monday. So I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, like geared up and thing. It, and Eddie Kay was just so brilliant, who was our movement, associate movement director. So we did warm ups, we did circuit training. I was like, oh my God, this is like a boot camp. When we were doing stuff in the bars, like sequences when Eddie was teaching me, I was just like really certain things they looked easy but I was like why can't I do that Eddie was just saying you know you're as you go along you'll build up the muscle and stuff like that and, and that is what happened and just it was really a day by day thing that it gradually like just came along and uh, Eddie would just keep refining it and refining and refining and even to right to the end I've still been trying to do that or at least keeping up and keeping on top of it at that level to try and keep things where she is and where she lives and has to be, I think. Yeah, so living with her for three months and it being a long process and that it's been, well, it's flown, first of all. Like we were saying, Ruth, um, who plays the mom, she, me and her keep saying every day, but it's Saturday already, how did that happen? Um, so it, it's flown, the process. I think a big thing with her, which has been different to other characters, you know, other characters are kind of like figuring out that and oh yeah and thing. And of course that's been happening. But with her finding breath and completely just sitting into something that can be or may feel unnatural has become natural and to feel natural, even though she's not natural and not human. Uh, So that has been a really nice thing like with time to feel that by uh, opening that was there like it was um, a lot of people in um, and just some people asking and then in in different interviews and stuff have said oh you know um, walking out on that Abbey stage and opening how was that I wasn't really taking that in just because with this again I just think it's a, it was a specialist thing in that I stand on very high things and I was like through the whole thing a level of calm was like a very big thing that just had to be there um, and really just sitting into her and I know that kind of sounds like an obvious thing to say um, just more so than with anything I've done before because there's so much going on you kind of can't get caught up in anything else but what you're doing and that is her for me what led me to theatre in the first place um my mum and dad would have worked in theatre. My dad, with other people, would have set up a theatre company, Red Kettle, where, uh, which would have been a Waterford-based theatre company that's now gone, unfortunately. He had moved on from that then in his career, and now he runs um, a street theatre festival called Spree that is Waterford-based. Um, so, yeah, I suppose I would have been around theatre when I was young, um, but initially my mum and dad were a teacher and a nurse so they both ended up in the arts I don't know so I the first play I did was with Little Red Kettle when I was eight my 
parents didn't work with Red Kettle then anymore. Maybe my mom did sometimes. But yeah, it was a summer-based program. You made a play, wrote a play in uh, with a group of kids and obviously directors. And then I did that for like three summers in a row and just kind of got the bug, I guess. Um, started doing a bit more singing and dancing kind of in my teens and then kind of went back to kind of more acting route when I was then a bit older. Well, training at the Lear was brilliant. Um, you know, some people say, oh, your school years are the best years of your life. Like as in secondary school, that was not the case for me. But I would think the Lear in kind of that vein, just because, you know, you kind of, I suppose, even when you are there, you take for granted just how many classes you do, how many different styles of things you do, just stimulate it in so many different ways all year round almost it's a it's a very long year you only finish in the summer in a, in july yeah no it, it was brilliant really hard score for sure but absolutely worth every minute still use so many practices that i used there learned everything worked with great people met great people and yeah i think with making work and um, because that's so big now to do that for young people young artists actors to write their own work and and I think when you kind of have worked in that way in college which we did we'd do um you know projects like making a piece and you could either make a dance piece or you could use technology to make a piece or write or through song sound then if you are faced with dealing with that in different rehearsal rooms working in different ways you're kind of prepared which is like a great thing uh, and your interest is just wider in the kinds of work that you'd like to be a part of I've worked with the new a couple of times I love devising and making and the satisfaction you get from that to be part of that creative process in that way is really exciting so yeah and I think that the Lear in all the work that I do has has fed and taught and helped me yeah no with um dance a few people have said that with the show asking was I a dancer I would have done dance when I was a teenager like dance classes stuff like um like ballet and tap and stuff like that more kind of showy kind of musical based that was probably till I was about 16 17 then I didn't for a number of years but also would have had maybe an affinity for it and then would have done movement in the Lear movement classes with Sue Moythen. Um and then and and kind of learnt kind of about my body with movement in a different way than I'd experienced when I'd done dance as a teenager. Um, so yeah and then I've done work where I've had to use that sometimes and then others not but it's it was very exciting for me to have the opportunity uh, to work in this way for this length of time. What scared me as a child? Um, I probably actually was scared of the dark, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> and also scary films, which I am till like right now. Like, but sometimes friends are like, you know, uh, do you want to watch a scary film? There's just no point. It's absolutely traumatic for me and I just don't want to do it. I'm like, why? Because when I was younger, one I specifically remember was watching The Ring and I didn't sleep, I'd say, for about four months 
Like, and that's not enjoyable at all. So, um, yeah, so I suppose the dark and uh, actual scary films. <laughs> Let the right one in hasn't had repercussions on uh, <laughs> me being scared because I'm the scary thing in this. <laughs> So I don't think that it's, I don't think that Let the Right One In is scary because Eli is just eating to me. <laughs> what scares me as an adult, um, getting a bit deep about it, I suppose. What scares me is, I suppose I am a bit of a, a worrier, let's say, about the future. So maybe that is a thing that might scare me. How I would deal with being freaked about the future would be it is literally the simplest thing of just trying to live in the present, which is, I suppose, kind of obvious thing to say, but uh, always just brain refocusing, refocusing, refocusing. I think it's always good to kind of plan and think ahead to a certain point, but then you just kind of have to leave go, I guess. Uh, Entering into the new year, it doesn't, really feel like it started because I suppose because we finished 2017 with Let the Right One In and started it with Let the Right One In you kind of feel like you're in the same place excited for sure I mean uh, the show has kind of taken over my life with uh, my routine during the day before we do the show at night so it'll be nice to recheck in and go home to Waterford and stuff like that when I have a bit of time Uh, I'm Starting, re- I have a week off, and then I start rehearsals for Murder of Crows, which is going into the project. Uh, so uh, I have that little week there, which will be nice to kind of reconnect with with people and that. I'm I'm like excited for it for sure. I never really Craig was laughing at me. Craig, who plays Oscar, was laughing at me because I was like. I don't really get the new year thing. I just think life is just one whole big thing. I don't really separate it in my head as year to year. Maybe I should. <laughs> but So the wintry tale, uh, I couldn't really think of one. So I was thinking about Eli, the play, and maybe something separate to the text that would make me think of her and the play. Uh, so I wouldn't tend to use music and songs to to prep and stuff like that uh, but I would use it for relaxation uh, during a process but each day I've kind of been taking a bath with a few Epsom salts for the muscles uh, and I would listen to a certain number of songs and one of these songs is To Build a Home Cinematic Orchestra and the lyrics started to jump out at me thinking about Eli and this was also a song that during rehearsals I would uh, during the days or weekends or a time we had off do yoga and stretches at home and then sometimes just kind of lie in the mat and listen to music and just start to try and piece together my past for her in relation to Hakan and their journey uh, before she would meet Oscar and before our play exists. And a big thing for them would be would have been that they couldn't stay in one place for a lot of time because people would catch on to them, obviously, because killings would happen. So they would have to keep moving. So the song, To Build a Home, uh, and I started to think of this in relation to a home not being something that Eli would be able to have not as the life as the being that she is and we see and let the right one in anyway so there's also loss in the song I think and a mention of trees which was actually the initial reason why it perked my ears and started making me think about the play so I thought I would read those lyrics for you 
and here they are. There is a house built out of stone, wooden floors, walls and windowsills, tables and chairs worn by all of the dust. There is a place where I don't feel alone. This is a place where I feel at home. Because I built a home for you, for me, until it disappeared from me, from you. And now it's time to leave and turn to dust. Out in the garden where we planted the seeds, there is a tree as old as me. Branches were sown by the colour of green. Ground had arose and passed its knees. By the cracks of the skin, I climbed to the top. I climbed the tree to see the world. When the gusts came around to blow me down, I held on as tightly as you held on to me. I held on as tightly as you held on to me. And I built a home for you, for me, until it disappeared from me, from you. And now it's time to leave and turn to dust.